0: Maybe I did play it just a little yeah. bit too much.
1: Morning, oh, Judas
0: Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WXUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Tudor's Only Alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT.
1: Morning, oh, Judas Priest!
0: <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WT's After Further Review Finally on the phone lines After being, I've been quarantined for so many weeks And just driving me crazy Still here in the home studio Went outside to go shoot shoot some hoops And they took took the rims down (laughs) So we've got Darren Cohn here, the coach here on 88.3 WHT's After Further Review, doing a high school season recap and talking about the effects of the coronavirus actually on the college and the high school scene. What's up, Darren?
1: Not much, man, not much. Now, now you know that says really says something about your game if they took the hoops down on you. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I was out there yesterday. The police asked us to leave. I was glad I got a two-hour workout in. And then I said, you know what? Before uh, you called in, I said, I'm going to go get a quick workout in. And uh, went by the parks and... Uh, the rims were down. They took them down. Uh, I guess that there would
1: might be because be of that jumper of yours. Hey, hey. I mean, I, I know you're going to try to say it's because of the virus and crowd control, but it might be they don't, they're don't. tired of you breaking the rims
0: with that jumper. No, my jumper's all wet, man. <laughs> <laughs> if it's no net, it's still going in good. I mean, hey, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's all good. I don't shoot a lot of bricks. You know, maybe it was some of them other guys, you know. I mean, I'll tell you what, though, Darren, that's the first time I've seen <laughs> – I'd say in probably 10 years that parks were packed with kids, like kids were actually playing five on five. In recent years, there'd be people surrounding the court and people playing one-on-one. But as you know, as we were growing up back in the day, I guess the only place to go was the parks that you would go to and you would go to different parks and play different people in the neighborhood. But at least there was 10 kids playing and five kids sitting on the sidelines waiting for winners. Now, Unfortunately, with this social distancing thing, I don't think that's really advisable to do. But it was quite interesting to see that when there's no other options available, how humans can adapt.
1: Right, right. No gyms available, no place to go. So the, the you know, the kids head to the park by default. But, um, yeah, it certainly has been a cultural shift um, where, you know, kids, I think, are a little more pampered where well, they don't play outside in the heat and the sun. and Plus, the sneakers cost too much now, man. You you, you can burn to a... A, a pair of tennis shoes in a week or two out on the blacktop and the, the sneakers took, they cost too much Derek to be putting them out there on the, on on the asphalt. Mm, they're, 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 they're
0: made to hoop in. I mean, Hey, I mean, I know guys back in the day they'd get the Jordans, and they'd be out there hooping in the, in the blacktop. They just made sure they didn't, you know, slide into the mud and out of bounds, but at least they still kept it on the, 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 the blacktop. And which is funny is a lot of kids, if it ain't wood, they ain't hooping on it. So, like I said, that was another kind of an astonishing thing to see, that now they're finally playing on the blacktop, even though it was kind of taboo nowadays to play on the blacktop.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, we were just talking about that off air, about the quality of facilities and courts, and, you know, everybody wants to play on the best. So, But, yeah, you know, when you've been cooped up in the house, you you start seeing that park out there all alone. You want to head out there and hear the ball bounce. But, uh, yeah, as, as, as we alluded to, they – the uh, city of Toledo has decided to take down most of the rims and most of the hoops to try to respect this coronavirus quarantine, and so you got to head back into the house. And you know what they're doing now? They're back on them video games.
0: Yeah, or or watching ESPN's uh, pro players play. I watched a video game live. Watching
1: Durant get smacked. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the, now
0: it's now it's coming down to esports, where some people don't think esports is a real sport, but that's a different discussion for a different day and we're going to do a recap of basically the basketball season because you haven't been on and plus you work at bcsn so you 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 know pretty much all the talent um but then again i've been getting tired of also watching virtual coaches clinics that's all i've been doing the last two weeks what have you been doing since the the virus hit
1: man i did a couple virtual coaches clinics myself and i've done some been doing some sales consulting for the most part and then uh in reality, catching up on stuff around the house that's been uh, neglected, I guess, for the most part. It's been it has been a little surreal because I think for me personally, at first, I, you know, I, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I probably went through a couple days where I didn't want to accept it. And then I went through that, that, that mindset. Well, it'll be over in a couple days and then it'll be over in a week. And then, you know, here we are, you know, about a month into it, I suppose. And it just seems like there's no end in sight. So uh, it took me a while to to sort of comprehend, you know, I had six flights I had to cancel and, um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of changes, but it, it for me personally, it took me a little bit to wrap my head around it. So I've never, you know, obviously none of us, we've really never experienced anything like that before in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I was coaching in Texas at Stephen F Austin state university, when hurricane Katrina came through Ooh. and hurricane Katrina came right down the main street of our city. And, uh, it was a bit of a similar experience because they encouraged everybody to evacuate. And the majority, I'd say about 90% of the community in the town evacuated. And my roommate and I had decided that we were going to stick it out, but we had never lived through a hurricane. We didn't really know what that meant. And uh, we got very lucky because um, there was a lot of, a lot of devastation and demolition of the town and of the city. Um, And we, fortunately, our house was untouched and our vehicles were untouched and we lived through it, but we went, Um, about two weeks uh, without power, and we went um, almost three weeks with no stores or restaurants or anything like that being open, and then um, the arena and facility and coaches' offices, uh, we had a huge arena down there, uh, was used as a shelter, um, and that was used as a shelter for over two months, so um, that's the closest thing that I can uh, relate to of my, you know, kind of life or daily routine or livelihood being turned upside down and shut down was that and you know the personal effect on you know other than our work facility being shut down for two months but it was really only about a a two-week deal at my actual house so
0: wow that that's crazy the kid from northwest ohio dealing with a a hurricane and probably one of the worst ones in recent memories i remember hurricane katrina back in 05 like late 05 into 06
1: it was brutal i mean we are very blessed um, in comparison to this scenario, because we still have access to food and gasoline and water and heat and electricity. Um, and I know that only hit, you know, one part of the a region of the country, it was really, you know, maybe four states, five states that were affected, but it was devastating. I mean, There was no food, there was no water, no power, you know, and it's 100 degrees down there, there's no air conditioning, um, uh, no gasoline, all the gasoline, uh, all the gas stations were sold out, uh, and then out of business or destroyed. I mean, it was a pretty interesting thing. And I was, you know, two hours inland from the coast, and it was that bad there. Uh, so it, it it was a it was a pretty surreal experience. Um, so every time I get a little frustrated with how things are going with this, so you know, the inconveniences it's it's providing, I, you know, I I count my blessings that hey, it could be way worse. And you know, we're doing this for the betterment of the whole. So suck it up buttercup that's what i tell myself <laughs> it, 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 it,
0: it's very amazing and i and i guess i could tell you this that i'm watching the journey from 2010-11 and just got done watching purdue versus west virginia in january of 2010 with robbie hummel i mean the, the back when before they did the remodel of Mackey arena so it, it's crazy to see this like can you believe it's been ten years since 2010? Almost. I mean, that's just it, it. just makes you reflect on things and how you can, um, you know, enjoy certain things of life. Uh, moving on, though, we'll talk a little bit of the preview of the season. And the one big thing is is that the state tournament got canceled, and we had a few teams in the state tournament. But overall, what was your assessment of this year? You know, I thought it was a fun year. I thought all the leagues were competitive at the top. You know,
1: you had a battle for, for pretty much you had a battle in all the leagues, uh, the four major leagues in the area or five leagues. Um, I feel like the overall talent of players across the board is down right now in northwest Ohio. But um, and I was telling someone this a couple of days ago, I feel like the level of coaching has really escalated. I feel like um, we've always kind of been a little bit of an Achilles heel in terms of the high school coaches in the area, uh, a lot of it because. You know, there's different rules on you have to be some of the leagues you have to coach from within the school or you have to work within the system. They're very poorly paid compared to other areas of the state and certainly other areas of the country. And I've always felt like we're a little bit on the short end of the overall coaching talent, whether it's the head coaches and then the the amount of uh, resources put into the staffs. But I've been really impressed, starting last year and then going into this year, of how many young coaches in the area are doing a great job. So I felt like there's, you know, solid a handful of solid coaches in each league, and I think they're really coaching their teams up. There's been much more emphasis on the preparation and the scouting and the player development in the off season. So we have more, um, more high schools that are treating their basketball. Uh, as programs, as year-round programs, as opposed to when the season starts, we roll the balls out and we coach some games. And, I, you know, and I, I, I don't want to speak too strongly on that, but I kind of felt like, you know, that was the average effort in the area for, for many, many years, and I see that really improving. And we do have some really standout individual players. In the area, but I think just the overall depth of the Northwest Ohio basketball is is just not great. But with the improved coaching and player development and the building out of coaching staffs, I think that's going to, you know, we're going to see that really improve over the next few years because we've been way, way behind. Um, if you just compare it to the level of guys that go on to college, the guys that go on to four-year colleges, we are so far behind the other cities in the state of Ohio where. You know, um, Cincinnati and Columbus and Cleveland, Dayton, Youngstown, all of them, I mean, double, triple, and in some cases quadruple the amount of guys going on to the college level from similar size cities or similar size uh, leagues of high school teams.
0: Well, I, I, yeah, you, you're preaching in the choir to me. I mean, <laughs> you know, at least at least you're being honest, and I think a lot always. of you I, always
1: get it one hundred for me. People people don't always want to hear it or like it, but I, I mean, I've been all around the world with this game, so I'm always going to tell you exactly exactly the way I see it.
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you said that because you know I was talking to some other guys, obviously that that coach and train, and they're from different areas. They're not from Toledo, and they say the same thing that you're saying that the, the basketball here. It's probably C plus, maybe a C. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, I'd say I'd say you know very 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 average.
0: Yeah, and when you go if you if you travel out of town or you do different AAU tournaments, you can tell that you know you're, you're seeing some of the kids that might be the best in Toledo, and they're not comparing to some of these other teams. And I'm not talking about the shoe team. I'm talking about just average, you know. AA, not an average, but AAU team, like TNBA, I don't know if you've heard of them, out of Cleveland with uh, oh, Damian absolutely. Stringer and Shane klein Rominski. Well, they have some of their top teams. Now, are they shoe-level teams like the EYBL and Under Armour and C2K, you know, whatever? No. But they're at that next Premier Prep hoop circuit where D2, D3, NEIA coaches would come and recruit, and we got a lot of teams that just aren't on that level. But if you tell someone that's from this area that, they kind of get offended and it's like well i'm not trying to offend you i'm just being honest and real with you and i think that you know sometimes you know the truth hurts as a lot of people say but once you get past your feelings and your emotions what are you going to do about it and i think you've you've hit the nail on the head that some people just need to you know wake up a little bit and just you know say okay we have this problem here it is average basketball but what are we going to do as a community to bring it up
1: yeah, if you get caught up in your feelings, you're never going to reach your potential. <laughs>
0: yeah, that that is that is very true. Well, what do you think though? Has changed though that? Because you, you said you noticed it this year. Has it just been this year, or has you seen it kind of rise in the last few years?
1: Yeah, I, I've seen it kind of rise. You know, I've seen I've seen uh, um, athletic directors uh, making hires that aren't necessarily the norm. Seeing a lot of the same, you know, for, forever. It was just the same coaches got re, um, uh, recycled into new programs. There's a lot of there's a big youth infusion. I think. With coaches in the region, Um, I think that there's been more development in the youth programs because, you know, a lot of these schools, you know, some of the schools didn't have junior high programs in recent years. Some of them don't have elementary programs. I've seen a lot of uh, more uh, uh, youth basketball um, and trying to improve the quality of that. And then I think there's been more uh, dedication to the amount of coaches, whether the schools are paying more for assistant coaches or, or there's just... Because coaches and teams are having a little more success, they're getting more people to volunteer. But I mean, you just you go back five years ago and, and, and a good majority of the high school teams in the area outside the top four or five teams. You, you had like a head coach and one assistant on the bench during the games. And now, you know, you got programs that got four or five guys because in reality, you know, it's not about game day. It's about those practices. It's about team camps in the summer. It's about. Uh, you know, development of players. If you're not developing players, you can't be any better. You can't get better individual players. You can't have a better team. You know, I remember, I mean, as recent, I mean, I'm trying to think of the year, but okay. You're talking about 2010. I can tell you specifically in the summer of 2010, I invited every high school team in Northwest Ohio to a team camp at central Michigan university when I was the associate coach there. And, um, and I think three came, We we and, and it was a very, very, very nominal fee. I mean, it was a shootout, and but and it wasn't that they didn't want to come. It was that the majority of the teams in the area didn't do anything in the summer, and now you've got a majority of the teams doing something in the summer, whether it's team camps or shootouts or leagues and that kind of thing. So you're just getting more reps in.
0: Well, I think, and as I'm playing the amen music because you're preaching, Um I, I also think, too, and I learned this as a varsity coach. You're right. It's not about game day. It's about the preparation that goes into it. And a lot of times, if you're not really prepared, well, you're going to get embarrassed on Friday night. Now, I coach girls basketball, but that's the same that goes true. If you're not prepared, you're probably going to get basically uh torched or destroyed on um Thursday or Monday night. I mean that's just that's just the, the, the case of the matter. So you, you're right. It it is a process. It's not about what goes on the season, like you said. It's it's a, it's a, right now we're in the off season, even though there's coronavirus going on, so we can't do much of anything. But you're right. You, you pretty much your your new season starts when you can do four man workouts, and then you go from the development. Then you got the team camp in June. Then obviously July is back to AAU. August you can't do anything, and then in September you can do your four man off season workouts and conditioning. And uh, then after that, you're getting into the season. But all that comes into what d- decides whether or not what you do in the season. And you're right. A lot of coaches just, you know, with, you know, at, it's over. It's the summer. I'm going to go hang out with the family. And I, I'll tell you this, Darren. There's still coaches that still do it. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. The coaches that are still doing that where they're not doing anything in the summer or they're taking the development, um, you know, lightly, are usually the last place teams. Period.
1: Is going to be uh you know, more than those who are the other players being put in a position where they're they're forced to buy in that kind of stuff because you know I, I know one coach in particular i talked to last summer and he's like hey you know i i put out this schedule i organize this type of stuff and uh show up or, or, you know, some of my key players don't think they have to show up. And I said, well, you're going to be put in a tough situation because you're going to have to make a tough decision when the season comes and they show up and they want to be a starter and shoot all the balls. I was like, the only way you're going to change and rectify your program is if you put your foot down and they're not on the team. You know, now most, most coaches don't got the gumption to, to do that. But if True. you don't participate year round, then you don't just get to show up when the lights are on.
0: Well, that's not a real program because usually if you got a real program, your youth are coming up and the older people know, you know, hey, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And even the no one, you know, real coaches will say, I don't care if you've been on the varsity team two or three years. If this guy guy or girl is killing you in practice and killing you in workouts and, and, and producing in the games, you, you probably lose your spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you you know you you uh, had spent some time or had some experience with the St. John's program and one of the best things that Ed Heinchel had going for him was his his longevity and the history of the program where players could come back and say, "Hey, this is how it's been done, this is how it goes this is you know you got to get on the bo- get on the ship or or get out and, and, and the seniors would let that matriculate down to the JV, to the freshmen. And, you know, what oftentimes get missed is, you know, a plethora of talent would pour into St. John's almost every year at the ninth grade level. But by the 10th grade level, you know, there was always a split. You had the people who wanted to get on board and wanted to be a part of that program for four years, and then you had the people who exited and, and went to, uh, you, know, you know, what they thought were greener pastures or, or a path of least resistance. But, you know, you, you, most people don't really follow it at that level, but every year there would be people who would leave that program, which has been probably the best program in the 419 Area Code over the last 25 years. I, I think it would be hard to even argue that. Um, but there's a lot of guys who would start there in ninth grade and end up somewhere else in 10th grade. And, and and many of them became very good players, but they didn't want to, you know, be a part of that very good program or they didn't want to make the sacrifices or, 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 or do what, you know, had to be done to to take it to that next level. And then other guys, you know, did. So, but every year there was always a split you'd have a handful of guys that escalated to the JV and you had a handful of guys that found themselves at other homes.
0: Yeah, that 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 is very true. Um did everything turn out the way you thought that with the preseason? I believe Rogers won the city league. Um the Perrysburg won the NLL and Lima won the track.
1: Yeah, you know, um uh, actually you know it did. I figured uh, you know, Rogers, um Lima senior, I figured they were they were kind of the runaway favorites of those two teams are two leagues. Um, and then uh, Perrysburg, you know, I figured it was going to be between Perrysburg and Anthony Wayne. B- to be honest, in the preseason, I probably had given a, a little bit of a head nod to Anthony Wayne just because I knew they were healthier. Like Perrysburg had had a bunch of injuries from coming back from the year before, so I didn't know how their chemistry would be. That's another uh, program
0: that's had sustainability. You know, sometimes they say tradition doesn't graduate, and Perrysburg has always been in the mix.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I thought I thought you know maybe I maybe gave a slight edge to Anthony Wayne just cuz I thought they had a little more chemistry coming in, but then I will say this without question, zero hesitation in my mind Perrysburg's team had the best team chemistry. They got more out of what they had than any team in the area, uh, especially heading into the to the postseason. If you want to just count the regular season, I thought they did a terrific job of having unity and team chemistry with their team. So yeah, I was pretty pretty um, uh, you know confident of how that league was going to f- uh, finish up. You know, the only league that really probably surprised me, and it's a slight surprise is I thought that Cardinal Stritch would certainly run away and win the attack, the and they ended up coming a game short to Toledo Christian. Toledo mm-hmm. so Christian, you know, great program and great team, and Toledo Christian was able to will their way to win the league over Cardinal Stritch. So that was probably the surprise to me in the area. Other than that, I pretty much um, was on board with how all the rest of the league's finished.
0: Rossford and the NBC, and another long-running program, Toledo Christian, we mentioned, you know, they've had, you know, success. Oh, yeah, Roxford has
1: a really good point guard. He's mm-hmm. tough and and plays his butt off and you know, we don't talk about the uh uh NWOL very often, but Evergreen had a historic season. Maybe the, I think it's the best season in the history of the school. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they had a a really nice really nice little run.
0: And they were still in the tournament and then it just ended. And <laughs> <It> just <laughs> it just it just it just was over. Um and then you also look at some of the, the 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 all leagues that were going on. I had showed you the the, the blade team the all blade came out uh, I believe yesterday or on Friday um some district seven voting and stuff like that and all obviously you know first team and second team in all the leagues uh, was it what you expected? it seemed like everything just fell right into place.
1: Yeah, I mean for the fo- for the uh, most part I mean there's always a pretty um distinct difference from the from the district votings. And the all league votings in the all blade team. And part of that is, and it's not a negative thing, but the blade team has to be, um, uh, uh, I don't want to say political is not the word, but they have to um, represent their coverage area. Mm-hmm. So some, so sometimes there's teams from some of the out, outlying areas or there's players in them outlying areas who make the all blade team who may not necessarily, in my opinion, represent the best of the best. Uh, but they tried to do a, a very fair job of everywhere that their coverage is. Um, and it's a little skewed because there's some guys that I think are on the list that force some people to be omitted. Like, I think certainly if you're looking at the top 25, you know, you got to really have, consider a guy like Grant Paul from Southview. I mean, you know, a three year varsity guy and the tremendous season that they had really just turned that program around. And maybe even a, a Fizo Crumbly who finished you know, tied for second in the track at St. Francis. And the track is still, even though it was a down year for the track, the track is still the best league in the area. And I, and I, I think it's pretty significant that it is. Um, now, see so people, I- see
0: people say that's fighting words. all oh, the track, you know, it's overhyped. It really, there's better better leagues. I, I, I've been seeing this on Facebook. Because, I mean, obviously, nothing else to do. You know, some people kind of feel a certain way that, that when people say that the track is a little bit better league than, or one of the best leagues in the area.
1: Well, I suppose everyone's entitled to their opinion, but um, you know, if you just study the facts and you understand the game uh, from top to bottom, the track has been the best league in the area since it, since, it, since it's since its inst- institution since it started, um, and it and it shows out every year when it gets to the postseason tournament. It always shows out. Um, I mean, heck, Whitmer Whitmer knocked off the final season final game of the season. Whitmer was like dead last or second to last in the track, and they knocked off first or second place team in another prominent league. I mean. And then you get to the state tournament and almost always, you know, that, that track team t- tends to prevail. So, uh, you know, it's not a perfect science, but in terms of top to bottom, the right. level of
0: competitiveness, team,
1: the, the, the yeah, the depth of the players, the, the quality of the coaching staffs. I mean, I think it's a, it's really hard to argue, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, it, it, it was a, it was a fun year. Um, you know, and like I was saying, in terms of, in terms of those voting, you know, the, the all blade team, it's a little, little more, I guess, uh, uh, you know, political is not the word I'm looking for, but I can't think of the right word. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I probably would have had it slightly different at the top. But for the most part, you know, those are probably the top 25 players in the area. I, I, like I said, Grant Paul, Faisal Krembley, um, you know, those two are are two. Um, the Wagenfeld kid. I know their team or their record wasn't very good at clay, but I mean, a big man that was probably one of the best big men in the area averaged a double double. Um, and, you know, their record is, is really misleading because, again, back to my argument that they're playing in the best league in the area, that team would be very competitive if they were in one of the other, other leagues in the area.
0: Um, that is true. But- they do play both on the girls' and boys' side. They play, you know, they're tough, they're, they're competitive, athletic, not basketball deep, but with just their athleticism and how tough they play, you're right. If they weren't in the track, they probably, both boys and girls, would probably be very competitive in other leagues.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they got some length and some height. I mean, they're, you know, they, they, they really battled in every game. Um, So I I there's no doubt in my mind, they'd be in the top three, uh, three or four in all the other leagues in our area. Well, and then the other thing about some of them polls that's a little skewed is because of, especially the blade pole, because of the way the coverage is outlined, Um, you know, Lima senior who's in the track in our local league, doesn't no. fall under their coverage mm-hmm. so without question that takes two spots away because you know Fulcher and, and Simpson might be both in the top five but they're certainly in the top 15 or 25 players in the area so that would eliminate a couple spots if if they you know fell into that so it's kind of odd when you're ranking overall players but you're only taking partials of leagues
0: right yeah and just like in the district seven coaches association you know obviously Lima seniors not in district seven so I mean, Josiah Folger was probably the best player in the area, but you know he's there. I believe they're in District Eight. You know, obviously he's not going to get Player of the Year because he's in a different district. Um, but some names they've had uh, actually the All-Blade team, the the, the the top five, and I th- I thought it was a pretty solid five to me. Joey Holyfield, that yeah, uh, Sean Craig, yeah. Um, Tavash, Tavash Showers goes by TJ. I, I knew he was going to be really good. i seen him in the um, Fall League. He's a transfer from Michigan area. Sean Nelson, yeah. Jemaya Neal, the transfer from St. Francis to riders was really good. And then the rest of the top 25, one, Joey Lidl. Have you seen him play? I know he averages 30 points. A game. I've heard about him. I heard he's a really dynamic player. But yeah, I, I,
1: saw, I saw a highlight video, but I've never seen him live in person.
0: Okay. Um, I but, had
1: actually had planned to see them in the state tournament Um but uh but it but it didn't happen obviously because it got canceled because i was actually going to cover some of the also the bedford boys team um had a nice you know was having a nice little run they won their first three games in the michigan state tournament um but yeah i wasn't able to catch them
0: yeah and like i said i joey mason jack alexander jackson sizemore nate brighton zach zool aj adams the floyd gaston that we have talked about cole mcweeney Jaden wilson another dynamic guard over there at uh Cardinal Stritch, Dominic Cole, Adrian Michael, Levi Garzik. Now, he's from North Baltimore, and we probably don't know much about them because really, technically, they're in the Blade coverage, but obviously we don't really get to see them up here when you're more towards the city. Um, Carter, or uh, Berdu, uh, Brady Lichtenberg, Stephen Coleman, Kendall Marshall, Ty Wyman up there in Blissfield, and uh, out in Pettitsville, I think it's Grammy Jacob.
1: Yep, absolutely. So that's your top twenty-five in the area, according to Toledo Blade.
0: Which, like I said, we don't. And it's also, you know, some people also talked about like all-state awards, where obviously those writers aren't al- can't see everybody. So you're right; they're going to promote the guys that are, you know, in their the guys they actually get to see, uh, basically, or in their in their media coverage. Um, coronavirus: How affected? the you, We were talking a little bit about this, the college game. You, you, when you broke it down. College basketball lost a lot with this coronavirus.
1: Oh my god! I mean, you know, the, the NCAA tournament's a you know almost a billion dollar entity, and you know that's not even counting. A lot of the conference tournaments didn't get to finish. A lot of the you know championship week. Uh, we're, and I'm just speaking about the men's. You also have the women's, mm-hmm. and then you have all the. The, the 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 auxiliary tournaments in terms like the NIT and CIT so there was a lot a lot of basketball that was still going to happen and of course you know we're we're the, the first thing is I feel terrible for all the seniors who don't get to finish it on the right way you know the the funny thing is I I, I travel as you know I travel around the country doing motivational presentations and things and one of the things I always say is to, to especially to seniors, I talk about regret, not having any regrets, and I talk about that. Hey, every team except one at your level is going to the, end their career on a loss. Um, but but that's sort of incorrect this year because there's yeah. a lot of teams that didn't you know didn't didn't end on a loss because it just ended on a on a you know do not continue. But um, so I really feel <laughs> bad for. Um, cause you don't get to go back to high school and you don't get to go back to college. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And many times it's the best years of your life and, and, and some of the, the highlights of your life and to have it just taken out from under you with, uh, with, you know, no fault of your own and really, you know, variables that are out of your control you know, cause you, as a, as a young athlete, you have to control your attitude, your coachability, your, your academics, what you're putting in your body, what you're doing to your body, um, you know, how coachable you are, how hard you're working, you know, all these things you got to control to be successful, but then to have something that you can't control, just wipe that all away. I certainly, I feel for the, the opportunity, the learning lessons, the life experiences that's, that's, that's lost to all these young athletes. Um, but then I, I know what you were getting at is kind of the financial impact and I mean, it's amazing, you know, we, t- we think about how these universities and these high schools and the leagues and the conferences, they make so much money off all this stuff, but then there's all the people, you know, w- we're constantly hearing on Facebook or the media about the restaurant industry or the bar industry or, you know, the people who are out of work because of this, and there's so many people who rely on sports as their full-time job, whether it's the writers or the TV commentary people who aren't on salary, they get paid per game, or um, you know the t v production crews or the referees or the the training staffs i mean there 's just so much that goes into sports that 's being lost the The bus drivers you know i mean the people who are transporting the kids around and you know making sure everything is is safe and, and right i mean there 's just a lot of people that are kind of with their arms in the air and 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 at a loss um, by by the decisions to cancel all these sports and, and don 't get me wrong i 'm not saying it 's not the right thing i 'm doing i 'm not saying it 's not the best thing to do i 'm just saying Anytime I start to be a little frustrating on my end, I'm sitting here thinking how lucky I am. I already talked about the, the experience, the comparable, comparison to the hurricane experience, but, the, but the, the people who are just, you know, trying to figure out how they're going to pay their bills or support their family or support themselves because of the loss of revenue, the loss of work opportunities, um, you know, that, that probably uh, uh, is even a bigger mountain than the loss of the experience of the par- participants.
0: Yeah, I was talking to Brian Bucky earlier. He's the, the, the sports writer for the Toledo Blade. He does the Rockets, uh, men and women's basketball and football and baseball. And I said, well, for the Rockets, their team ended on a win. I mean, the Rocket women knocked off the number one seed in the MAC tournament, Central Michigan, and Toledo won their last game before actually they were about to play Bowling Green until it all got canceled. So, in a weird twist, even though there wasn't really a conclusion. You could say you won your last college basketball game for those seniors.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's all you got, all you can hang your hat on. But you know, you think about how how uh, frustrating that's. What a what a emotional roller coaster for Trisha Cullup and her crew. You know, you, you had an okay year, but probably probably didn't get everything done you want. And then you know, Central Michigan's women were just rolling, and then you go and knock them off, eliminate them in the tournament first their first Central Michigan's first game of the tournament I mean what an emotional high I mean there were so many videos on Facebook and you know she was just so excited I texted with her a little bit and then you know then just to find out that you don't even get to prepare your team to build upon that you know and and it's just like kind of the rugs pulled out from under you I mean so I mean that had to be just a so so bittersweet because you're so excited to get the win but at the end of the day then it didn't really mean anything if you know then it's all over
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It, that's what I think. It's just the world is just stopped and halted, and we don't know what's next. And I think sometimes people do get scared of the unknown. Now, obviously, you've been through worse with a a hurricane, but obviously, the difference between this and the hurricane, you know, the hurricane is going to pass through, and then this is going to be some rebuilding process for a month or two, or you know, maybe a year or so.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I I think the scariest thing about this whole ordeal is nobody truly understands the timetable or the total impact that it's going to have. And, and nobody, I mean, not the the brilliant doctors that are on TV every day and um, because it's, we're just in uncharted territory. I mean, they can give us their best estimates and, and, and the facts that they're coming up with and they're, they're, they're charting and, and all that kind of stuff. But, but we just don't know. And that's, that's sad. It's scary. It's frustrating. And, you know, you just kind of do the best you can and listen to the experts and, you know, hang in there yeah get extra toilet paper uh, <laughs> R- really yeah. makes me laugh of everybody getting so crazy about the toilet paper i'm like i'm thinking to myself if i get in that kind of shortage i probably got 500 free t-shirts that i've gotten that i don't ever wear that are just stacked up in a closet somewhere <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: i just cut them up
0: oh man that 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 is that that is pretty crazy and like i said what was your most memorable moment from this season, after broadcasting all the games and seeing everything.
1: Oh wow! Um, well, in terms of broadcasting, I think it would probably be that uh, that Northview game where they, um, you know, where it looked like Start had come back.
0: Oh, that's right. You did do that game, the, the tournament.
1: Yeah, Start had made a huge, you know, a, a significant comeback because I think Northview had won the game, and Start was able to uh find a way to to take the lead or excuse yeah to take the lead with a couple seconds left and then when Northview threw that full court pass sharp uh through the full court pass and 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 um Sean Craig was kind of the decoy and, and Northview was able to tie it with like less than a second left in the game I mean it was uh it was the most wide open game winning or game tying shot I've ever seen in my life and uh it was pretty exciting you know and then and then it goes in overtime and you know, similar scenario down the stretch, but Northview wasn't able to win, but man, it's similar. What a high and a low, you know, that, that three minute stretch there where Northview's winning Northview's winning start comes back, takes the lead with a second left and the, the start bench, the motion with the, their team. And then Northview goes and, makes that play and ties the game and then the emotion over there at Northview I mean it was such a high on both ends okay and then we got to start over and go to overtime I and mean, you got to get your teams rebalanced and go back to battle and then you know four, five minutes four minutes later um start prevails and then the, and it's a high again for a start I mean it was, and then a low for Northview I mean it was just such a emotional roller coaster that few minutes and it was fun to watch and see them kids compete uh, on the big floor over at Bob Nichols Court, and um, you know that was a, that was a, in terms of from the broadcasting standpoint, that was a really neat uh, really neat experience.
0: Yeah, and then the next game was between Lima Senior and start in front of basically you know fans or just family and friends. I mean, it went from all that to then the trickle down of the the coronavirus.
1: Yeah, right. That was sort of the first attempt at at keeping things semi normal uh, and keeping keeping things moving. Um, you know, we got kind of one round of that. And then uh quickly within really two two or three days, I think is all that plan lasted, we were right back to nothing.
0: Man, that 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 is crazy. So what's up next for you, uh, basically now that this is we're just stuck?
1: Man. I don't know. You tell you tell me I guess I gotta uh become become an essential employee or uh, you know figure out how to uh, diversify my skill set here. But, uh, you know, it's really kind of a waiting game. I'm I'm still doing some online consulting and some sales consulting and that kind of thing. I I did do a coach's clinic or two for a couple of friends who are doing some stuff online with their with their crew. And uh, but other than that, man, it's just uh, trying to keep myself and my mom uh, healthy and safe and, uh, you know, just trying to maintain and and, 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 kind of wait and and wait it out and see what's going to happen. Um, you know, the, the, the one, I guess if there's been a kind of blessing in disguise is we've had some really nice weather the last few days and, you know, you can't be around anyone, but I've been trying to get out and, and run and get some exercise and that, you know, kind of like you were saying, get to the court, but I've been trying to, trying to take care of my body. I think when you take care of your body, that helps take care of your mindset. So, right. um, you know, little self care, little self care.
0: Right. That, that is true. Uh, you didn't try to go hoop like me or you, you know, you put that ball down.
1: I'm retired, man. I'm retired. I'm really good at pig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how does this? How does this affect the recruiting season, though? Some people are saying it might affect AAU.
1: Well, um, that's sort of two different questions. It's definitely going to affect AAU. It already has the first tournament was supposed to be this weekend. True, um, Gun, but uh, but in terms of recruiting, I think you're going to have a lot of, you know, there's going to be a lot of people. Um, taken players uh, that are sight on scene or only seen off of film and you're not going to have a great you know and it's all they've been talking about it like to the point i'm tired of hearing about it about an nfl draft but you're going to be taking players that you don't really get to know mm-hmm. um you only get to kind of see their film and their highlights and that kind of thing um and that's a bigger risk but everybody but the tables are equal because everybody's in the same scenario um and then you know, at the Division One level, there's so much, so many guys in the transfer portal mm-hmm. that I think that's kind of the hotbed right now. I think the area that's going to get most hurt uh, this year is the players at the junior college level, because the junior college level is, uh, it's a very unique way of recruiting. Um, most of the good junior college recruiters, they don't really even start recruiting guys um, until the junior college tournament the region tournaments and the national tournament. And that basically is not going to exist this year. So, um, so that I think there'll be a lot more gambles taken on high school players and, and the D one and D two transfers than the junior college route, which has in the past really been a lifeblood for a good amount of programs, but you're just not going to have much to go on other than your trust and uh, respect for, a particular high school, I mean, excuse me, a particular junior college coach or program. And there are a lot of those out there. There's some really good, long-tenured JC coaches that you would, you know, you would feel confident taking a player just based on their word. But um, there's certainly the overall trickle-down effect at that level is going to be hurt significantly.
0: Wow, that, that, and that kind of stings for them because usually at JUCO, you know, you've matured, you got your grades up, and you're ready to go to that next Stage of your life or next stage of basketball, and it's just like, uh, well, it's just on a halt again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. There's but, no doubt. And 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 you know, you're you're not you're not left with any many options because you can't you can't go back. So it's it's that's a tough going to be a tough go.
0: Wow, that 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 is good. And will it really affect the high school kids too much or no? I mean, um, especially the se- the people there, the kids are going to be seniors
1: it's going to affect the sleepers. You know, it's going to affect the trickle down guys. It's not going to affect the, the, the top players, the highly, you know, the top highly rated players. It's going to affect the guys that, you know, would, would get discovered at a last chance showcase or an available event or things of that nature. Um, because, you know, none of that's going to happen. None of that's going to exist. So there's just no way to be seen. There's no way to, to be discovered um, late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to hurt, but at the end of the day, Every, every team still has the same amount of scholarships or roster spots that they got to fill. So they're going to have to find a way to fill them. So it's not like there's any less spots. It's just, there's, there's less uh, evaluation or or opportunities um, to be seen or discovered. So it's, you know, you're going to have to self-market yourself or have a really good coach who can help promote you and and has a reputation where they're going to be trusted, you know, like because of my background, I can call a coach. I actually did it last week for a, a local area kid. And, and you know, get them a get them a spot be, based on you know my ability, not not the player's ability. But if you don't have someone in your corner like that, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be kind of fighting an uphill battle.
0: Oh, so your word is bond with some of these coaches out here, and it's just like, okay, I, I trust you, Darren. I trust you. I'll, I'll take a a, a, a a you know a, a swipe at this kid.
1: Well, if, if you have a. If you don't ever send them a bad one, they trust you. As soon as you send them a bad one, then then the trust is ruined. <laughs>
0: just one. You could send them like twenty good ones and just one bad one, and it just
1: one one bad apple, and they, you know.
0: <laughs> I guess it spoils the bunch, man. Yeah. All right, Darren. Thanks so much for calling in, my man.
1: You bet. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And stay positive. Stay safe out there, and keep doing what you're doing. Because a lot of people sitting at home need some, some entertainment, and you certainly are entertainment.
0: No, thanks, man. And stay safe. Later. Yep, that was Darren Cohn, the coach, here on 88.3 WSUT's After Further Review. Uh, Once again, not in the studio, but, you know, that's how it goes with the the new times here with the the coronavirus. So we had to record at home and hopefully put together a whole show for you. But if you do miss the show and you want to listen to the replays of all our segments, make sure you go to WSUT's After Further Review with the picture of Frank Vashner and the horse's head on soundcloud and on itunes you can listen to us on your phone or if you got that bluetooth connection in your car you know connect it to your phone and listen to us in your car or you know listen to us while you're you know exercising but we always try to give you great contact once again content sorry content once again thanks to brian bucky and darren comb the coach calling in this uh saturday afternoon and like i said you can always listen to us saturday's live 11 to 1 on 88.3 wxut i don't know when We'll get back to normal, but that's normally what would happen. But from now on, we're pretty much going to be doing podcasts just like everybody else. Well, anyway, we're done with this interview. When we return, we'll have more here on 88.3 WXUTs after further review.